0: Hello, my name is Vanessa. I'm from Northeast Ohio. I'm forty six years old. I'm one of seven children born to a brother and sister. I found out when I was nine years old that my Jehovah Witness parents are siblings. I was in third grade, I didn't really understand that that was right or wrong. I yeah. didn't I didn't know. And actually my my grandmother was happy about it. I that her children found somebody to love. And it just kind of became normal. Mm-hmm. Did
1: your parents tell you?
0: My mother told me. Okay. She uh, she actually liked talking about it. My dad, I think he would have took it to his grave, but yeah. My mom, I don't know why she wanted to tell people. Mm-hmm. But um. Now we're all. You said that you
1: were one of seven siblings. Yes. So all of you guys were the children of. Your mom and dad who are brother yes. and sister. Okay, yes. got it.
0: Yeah. And um, they actually um, did have a marriage certificate because they went to the courthouse in it was 1974. And I guess back then they didn't have to, you know, show a lot of ID. They mm-hmm. had different last names. They did have different fathers. Okay. But um, so they went to the courthouse and my dad put down that uh, he made a fake name for his mother on the marriage certificate Mm -hmm. form. And they swore under oath they were no closer of kin than second cousin. And they walked out with a marriage license. Yeah. So they actually did have a document stating that they were married in
1: 1974.
0: Wow. Yeah. So they went a long way to make it look real. Mm -hmm. And... Let's see, when they started living together, I think my mom was 19 and my dad was 28. This is her big brother. Well, yeah, that was um, when they got married, they had one son. He was almost two years old. So they had, uh, and then it was uh, sometime that year that their brother came over and ...said he uh, had some religious literature that he wanted to drop off... ...and uh, I guess they said they kicked him out because he wasn't willing to not be gay... Mm -hmm. ...so he could not join the religion. So he left that there for my mom and she uh, went through it and liked it... ...and she contacted a local kingdom hall and started studying... I don't think my dad really wanted to but he went anyway mm-hmm. and so they um it came time to be baptized so they actually um met with the elders you go through your questioning to you know see if you're qualified for baptism and that's when my mom confessed that they were actually just brother and sister living as man and wife and they had a uh Let's see, my brother was four at the time, and my sister was a few months old. So they had these are they had two children at that time.
1: So they went to get baptized through the Jehovah Witnesses. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. And they told them that they were brother and sister, and they were just fine with it.
0: No, they actually the local elders didn't know what to do, so okay. they wrote headquarters in Brooklyn, and they had to wait for a response uh-huh. to see if the couple was qualified. Okay, I mean. Under the religious guidelines, they're not. They don't allow incest. So um, so I don't really know why. The local elders didn't just put it into it right there. Right. But they waited for a response, and they were approved. The um, leaders in New York said they were living in a marriage. And they approved their baptisms, and they were baptized in 1974. Mm. And it was... During that time, probably what sucked my mother in was it was the Stay Alive Till 75 recruiting campaign Mm -hmm. because the world was set to end in 1975 in their beliefs. Okay. So, you know, they kind of got in in the nick of time. Yeah. You know, but, um, well, the first, so that was the first congregation we attended. And um, actually, I guess people in the congregation, kind of knew. I don't know if my mom was telling other people or what. So when when they were approved for baptism, they actually made an announcement at that congregation to accept this couple as Jehovah's family. So then the entire congregation knew at that point. And I mean, when the leaders make a decision, nobody can do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So I, kn- I know people there didn't like it, but you know if you talk against a decision you're going to get labeled a, an apostate so they mm-hmm. kind of had to deal with it and then they got to watch two pregnancies back to back they didn't have to do that before because the two were already born right so i was the first child born with them as baptized jehovah witnesses okay so i was born in 77 and then my brother was born in 78 so this congregation got to actually have to, you know, deal with looking at the pregnancies too. Mm-hmm. And that um, well, was in 1982. We uh, we moved. We built a house on five acres of land. So we were we moved from that congregation. So I liked our new congregation. It was pretty nice people there.
1: And as a Jehovah Witness, like. What are What is, like, the lifestyle that they live by? Because I don't know much about it.
0: Well, in my, oh, there's no holidays. Okay. There's no Mother's Day, Father's Day, no Fourth of July. They, they celebrate, they're allowed to celebrate their anniversary and the memorial of Jesus' death. Okay. Those are their only things they're allowed to celebrate.
1: Okay. And then is there a certain, like, set of rules to live by for the day-to-day living or not really
0: Yeah, well, you have to go to uh, kingdom hall meetings three days a week okay and then they want you to preach and they usually say I think it was like 10 hours at least 10 hours a month you're supposed to go knock on doors right okay yeah and, and that's just to
1: try to get more people
0: to be a part of it yeah okay so we're yeah, our new congregation was pretty good, and they, they didn't make an announcement at this one, so don't know how many people there knew about it, mm-hmm. but so we were, let's see, I started kindergarten in 1983, and uh, I was actually went a, a year late because my mom wanted to hold me back to make sure there's a Jehovah Witness kid in my class, so yeah, it was... A year late, and then I was really good in school, too.
1: How was your relationship with your parents growing up? Like, were you close with them?
0: Mm, I Probably not really. Um, okay. My mom was, she had some anger problems. She mm-hmm. was uh, physically abusive Okay. and emotionally abusive. Yes, yeah, so I was never really that close to her.
1: Did you spend more time with your siblings for the most part or more like alone?
0: Yeah, we weren't really allowed to have friends outside yeah. of the religion and you know, unless you're a kid that likes the religion and I wasn't so yeah. <laughs> I didn't really have friends in the religion either. Yeah. So it was uh in 1988 after a 10 year break from having kids. Um, My mom had a baby boy and he only lived three months. Wow. My last day of fourth grade, didn't know anything was wrong. Everything seemed fine. And my dad yelled out in the night that the baby wasn't breathing. I was 11 years old. And uh, well, we lived in the country takes forever for an ambulance. And kind of by the time they got there, he was unresponsive for probably an hour. So kind of knew when he left that that was it. Mm -hmm. And then turns out, uh, well, the autopsy said it was walking pneumonia. So we had no idea he was sick or Mm -hmm. anything. And then it was 12 hours later, we went to my brother's graduation at the high school. Wow. So we, had, we actually had food, a party planned, guests coming. So the first of us to graduate was on the same day the first of us passed away. Mm-hmm. And so people, guests were coming and being told on the spot that, you know, this isn't just a graduation party, you know. So, yeah, that was rough because, I don't know, it's very motherly. As an 11-year-old, I liked having yeah. a baby around. And yeah, that summer, our parents kind of, they are fighting a lot. My mom already had problems with rage and anger. and So, my dad ended up moving out that summer. But he'd come by to visit, but kind of came apparent that... He was just stopping in to see his sister, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, he'd bring us treats and stuff, but stopping in, like, every day after work, we kind of know it wasn't for us at some point. But, yeah, I think he moved out, yeah. When I was 11, he moved out. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, he uh, moved back in, moved out, back and forth a little bit. And within a year of, um, it wasn't even a year before that the baby died, that the fifth baby was born. So almost right away, they were trying for a new baby. Yeah. And so that's the fifth child. And now this, this congregation, they had a problem with that. Because they just watched two pregnancies Mm back-to-back. And um, so the elders took my mother in the back room, and they told her that this is a local decision, that they're advising that they don't have any more children, that they wouldn't make her leave her brother, but there's to be no more pregnancies. Okay. So she course she was pregnant with the sixth child at that point but that that should that was supposed to be it Mm -hmm. or she's like risking getting shunned and stuff right so then he was born in 1989 and there was a problem with him Um, apparently he did not have a properly structured urinary system and he had a dead kidney so he had to be taken two weeks early. So my mother and the elders assembled a team, so of doctors to make sure the baby would not be saved if he needed a blood transfusion. So basically, my mom put this baby up for sacrifice for the religion after we just lost a baby just one year ago. Mm-hmm. and my my dad had left by that point. He left the religion. But um, he didn't stop her. He just, you know, let her make the decisions with the elders. Yeah. So he ended up living through everything. He had three surgeries. The dead kidney was removed, and and I'm assuming this was
1: all when he was still just yeah, born, right? Under
0: six. He had like three surgeries, be, like before he was six months wow, old. Wow. Okay. So they were ever able, able to fix everything,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then later, why? Well, He was born with crossed eyes, and they fixed that. Actually, uh, my sister that was born in 1973, she was born with crossed eyes, and they they fixed that. But other than that, none of us kids really had any serious issues Mm -hmm. until the sixth baby. But it turns out that my mom wanted more babies. (laughs) She was already um, 40 years old when the sixth one was born. So... My dad wasn't living there anymore, so she was just, just going out in the evening to his apartment for the sole purpose of having a seventh child. Mm-hmm. So, but the elders told her she couldn't do that. Right. So, like I didn't. I was like um, thirteen at this time, so I didn't. I didn't know what she was gonna do. I thought she's gonna hide the pregnancy. I didn't know what she was gonna do, but. She ended up moving us to a third congregation wow. instead. So I how does
1: that work with like leaving and going to other congregations? Is it, is it based on where you're located or you can just kind of say, I'm done with this and I'm going, I'm going to try a different one?
0: Yeah, you can go anywhere you okay. want, but they usually keep a record of your you know, misdeeds right. and stuff or, your, or how well you did knocking on doors or right. whatever, but... I don't know what happened when we moved to our third congregation because they didn't say anything about the seventh pregnancy. Wow. So she she got away with defying the elders. Yeah. By moving to a third congregation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, actually, I mean, she was in good standing there. They even sent her to pioneer school. Like, you know, wow. you got to be a super Jehovah Witness for that stuff. And mm-hmm. here she is. I mean, we're watching people get shunned for smoking cigarettes for gambling uh and she's literally having babies with her brother and they won't shun her because the leaders never revoked uh, changed their decision yeah so the local elders had to abide by what they what was there right it's because the elders can't even go against the leaders mm-hmm. so um she had the seventh baby in 1991 and he was healthy and uh, she then, well, 42 years old, wanted to try for an eighth baby. Oh my goodness. But her brother said no. Okay. He was done. <laughs> he at finally seven. said, oh, he was 52 years old. Okay. And she was 42. And he was done, or there would have been an eighth baby. So, yeah, that. So my mother was pregnant by her brother a total of nine times, seven live births and two miscarriages. And still got to be a Jehovah Witness in good standing.
1: That is crazy.
0: Yeah. And um, so because we went to this third congregation, that's where yeah there weren't some very good people there. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the one before the one we had to move from. It was pretty good. There was one man arrested for molestation, but it was for a non-Jehovah Witness child. But besides that guy, everybody was there. We went to picnics. I mean, it was nice. They Mm -hmm. didn't treat us any differently because, I mean, people move congregations. People talk, you know. Mm -hmm. I think... uh, Some people there knew the sibling connection. I think that's why the elders took my mother into the back. People were, they were getting stumbled. Yeah. Especially of watching the pregnancies back to back like Mm -hmm. that.
1: And were you in school at this time? Like just regular public school? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then, um, but I wouldn't be for long because um, there came a time where at our third congregation, all the... Jehovah Witnesses there were pulling their kids out to homeschool them. And even though I was was a straight-A student, I was taken out of school. So my education was ended at... uh, I got to finish seventh grade. Okay. And uh, my mother wasn't capable of teaching me at home. She didn't... I mean, I was already an accelerated reader, writer. There was... There's nothing she could teach me, so I basically just sat at home. And, and there
1: was no rules about that; like she didn't have to um, submit like any type of work that you were doing or anything.
0: I don't, I don't know which program she okay. was using, but yeah, she had to show that I was doing something. And like, like for social studies, she would tell me to read the Watchtower, which is the religious propaganda. Mm-hmm um like just all these shortcuts like that right like but so i didn't yeah i didn't get any education after seventh grade and she pulled my uh brother out too so his my closest in age sibling his education ended at sixth grade Mm. and that was it we were just done with school yeah the older two uh did get to graduate okay
1: were you upset about that when they pulled you out?
0: Oh, my goodness. I was grieving my education. Yeah. Because by that time, it's, you know, I was a seventh grade. And I was about 13 because mm-hmm. I went a year late. Yeah, I was, because I was a straight-A student. I loved school. And um, I did all the book reading contests and won them all mm-hmm. and the old Pizza Hut programs uh, yeah. where you get a free pizza, reading all these books. And, um, yeah, and then by that time, being about 13, I had no interest in the religion. So the only friends I had were was at school. Mm-hmm. So now I'm home 24-7. Right. So basically I'm just at home uh, taking care of the babies and that's about it, because... Yeah, was your mom <laughs> it, <clears throat> working at all? No. Okay. And, um, like, if a kid from school would be riding their bike and come to the door, we'd be just be told, well, yes, you, know, you can open the door and say hi, but send them on their way, you know. So I would be enforced only to have Jehovah Witness friends. But at a point, they don't want to be my friend. Yeah. I'm not working towards baptism. I'm a teenager who does not believe in any of it, and I'm not working towards baptism, so some of their you know, their parents don't want them to hang around me. Right. So I have no girls my age to talk to at that point. Luckily, I have a sister because there's five boys and two girls, so I had a sister, mm-hmm. but I had no girls my age to be my friend at that point. And um, it's just... Uh, Yeah, if you're not working towards baptism, then they kind of write you off. But this third congregation, though, had people from our original congregation that had transferred there.
1: So they knew who you guys were?
0: They heard the announcement. So there was a couple families that no way, no how were they letting their children, of course, in our home, but not alone to be a friend to me. I mean, I don't blame them, you know, (laughs) because, I mean, there's a brother and the sister doing this in the house. You don't know what else going in the house, and I mean, I don't blame them for that, but that that was actually the first time I ever got to feel judged for, you know, for it.
1: Right, and I was going to ask you, too, at what age do you feel like you realized, okay, this isn't right, or this isn't how it normally is in families?
0: I mean, it just, when it's all you've known, Mm -hmm. it's just, I never, like, ever thought it out as a kid, like, this is disgusting, or, you know, I just knew, uh, you know, at the third congregation, and because the elders took my mom in the back, that people thought it was disgusting, you know, or they wouldn't have, you know, said, hey, this needs to stop, but... Then at the, uh, well, because we had to move to that one so my mom could get another baby in, um, that's where I met a man when I was 13. He was 21. And because, well, I'm sitting at home taking care of babies. I have no education. My mother is very physically abusive. I mean, punching, hitting. You know very violent woman and so i'm just lonely depressed don't have any friends <laughs> can't have any friends so um this guy at the kingdom hall he's baptized he's took interest in me even though he's like a 21 year old man and me because i'm pretty much i you know i felt i was grown in my head anyway because i I'm already taking care of babies right. all day, you know. So, um, I kind of soaked it all in. This guy wanted my attention. He liked me, uh, you know. I, at that time, didn't see nothing wrong with it. And um, we'd, uh, they had this, uh, there was a Jehovah Witness family that owned a roller rink. So, we had on Sundays, we had Jehovah Witness skate night. So, I just... I'd meet him there and we'd couple skate in front of everybody. Nobody said anything there, you know, like right, that it was wrong or anything. And even the owner was a Jehovah's Witness and she walked up on him. Actually, he, he had his hand in my pants. And, you know, I'm a kid, he's a man. And she didn't kick him out. She said, uh, You guys don't need to be sitting back here by yourself. Didn't kick him out, didn't report him, didn't call the police. So, like, and he even came to my house one night when my mom wasn't there. And was in my bedroom. And my oldest brother, who was also 21 years old, all he said was, leave the door open. My brother, my oldest brother's a very, he was very indoctrinated. So... Like, no alarms go off with him because this man's a baptized Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. He's in your kid sister's room, and you're still not doing anything, you know. And I guess at a certain point, somebody, I don't know who it was, people started, somebody started talking. I don't know who it was, but um, he ended up getting uh, called back to the elders what they call a judicial hearing so they can see if he needs to be shunned. I don't know what he said, but he didn't get shunned. They didn't call the police. They didn't do anything. Um, they didn't even do the minimum. They didn't question me. Right. I wasn't baptized, you know, so I don't really count as a witness because I'm not baptized. So my words kind of yeah. so not so good. Do you
1: think you were baptized and they would have maybe questioned you yeah probably
0: probably they would have but they didn't even question the adult jehovah witness my brother living in the home they like questioned nobody so i don't know what the man said back there probably like she's got a crush on me that's it nothing happened kind of thing but me in my mind i thought he was my boyfriend so i was happy they didn't punish him right Like, I didn't, I mean, I'm living in a house with this brother and sister doing whatever, and my mom was very inappropriate in her language and wanting us to look at her body. So, I didn't think none of it. I thought this man was my boyfriend. So, I was kind of happy the elders didn't do what they were supposed to do and didn't have him arrested or anything. So, because they didn't do that, I got to be with them longer. Which now it sounds pretty messed up, you know. But I'm, you know, I didn't have anybody. Yeah. So I could tell him all my secrets. He's not gonna tell, you know. Right. He's gonna if he tells all these deep dark secrets, they're gonna know he spent too much time with me. So you know, he kind of has to keep my secrets, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they just they didn't question anybody about it. Yeah, I don't. So, there come a time in, uh, when I was 15, I started getting just really fed up, just at home, watching babies, no education. My mom, her rage is terrible. We Like, you don't even know what you could say or do. It's just, she's just going to go nuts, you know. And... um. So then I got, so I got kind of like, you know, I got an abuser at the Kingdom Hall, which I don't kind of process that he's not good. And then I got my mom at home, and I was just uh, tired of being hit, tired of being scared of her. And so it was um, early February 1993. Um I don't know, one day I just decided I'm not going to be here anymore, one way or another, just one day. uh, So I decided one night either I'm running away or I'm going to take my life. And uh, didn't know which uh, because I mean, I got a bunch of siblings and I love them a lot. You know, that's the only love I had was my siblings. Um, so, I, I didn't know what to do. My mom was at night classes, so I called my dad, he lived about four miles away, and I told him I was crying and crying, and I said, I can't, I can't be hit anymore, I need to get out of here, I said, I asked him if I could come live with him, he's only lives like four miles away. And he told me that uh, he didn't want to get in the middle of things and that I could just deal with it for two more years and then get the hell out of there. Those were his exact words. That's what, that was his advice to me. And I, I even said, I'm running away or I'm dying tonight because I'm not doing this. And he still, that was his advice to me. He didn't want mm-hmm. to get in the middle of things. So... I just got tired of hearing his voice and hung up on him. And he didn't come over to check on me. So by 10 10 that evening, I was gone. (laughs) I uh, actually, nine days before my 16th birthday, I left home. And I left with a brother from another congregation, because that's who I called after my after I talked to my dad, and there was, he wasn't going to do anything. So, um, I kind of, when I was 14, started seeing a guy at another congregation, as I was seeing the adult man, too. When that guy, when the guy closer to my age came into my life, I was still seeing the adult guy, too. And then, um, so... So I'd say the this guy was my, the one that I called next was my boyfriend, and uh, he's re- he's really shy. I couldn't believe it on the phone. I was I was so upset because I like I felt my dad just like said, "I don't care if you live or die." Right. And so I um. Actually, uh, I was surprised when he said that he was coming to get me. I'm like. What do you mean you're coming to get me? He's baptized. hes mm-hmm. You can't come get me. You're going to get shunned, you're, you know, you know. And it just happened all that fast from my dad to calling him. Just like in an hour's time, there was a plan to run away with my boyfriend. Yeah. I didn't even have no clue that he, because he was going to risk shunning and arrest. Right
1: and could he did he have his license and like a car and everything to drive yeah
0: he had a job okay. and he had his you know own money and stuff so he actually pulled into the driveway with the headlights out cuz so my siblings were in the house
1: was your mom home
0: no she was at night school okay and uh well my my baby brothers were only uh almost two and three years old at that time so like that was that was hard on me because I can't take them you know so I'm holding them in my arms you probably went out and crying and I'm like I don't want to leave them because I know they're going to get abused but I I couldn't stay right because even though I was you know thinking suicidal things I didn't want to die I if I stayed I'm gonna die because I can't do it and uh, so yeah I, I had to leave the babies you know Cause and that that's all I 16. that's all I was doing I was uh it was I ran away nine days for my 16th okay. birthday but that was all I was doing though at home because I had no education no friends all I was doing is taking care of those babies right so that's that was like Hard to leave them. So we ended up... uh, Me and the boyfriend ended up um, just driving. We didn't really have a plan. He just didn't want me to be hurt anymore. Was he
1: planning on leaving his family as well, or he was just trying to get you out of your situation?
0: No, he, he loved his family. Okay. And he just couldn't stand what was happening to me. Yeah. And... So yeah, it's kind of like weird because <laughs> I'm kind of, so this shy Jehovah Witness boy just says, hey, I, I can't watch this. You have to get out of there and I'm willing to take all these risks to do it and you can't stay there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we ended up just traveling. We went through West Virginia. We stayed in South Carolina for a while. So I had my 16th birthday as a runaway, which <clears throat> it really wasn't really a big deal because I never had a birthday before because so <laughs> I was born into the Jehovah's witnesses. Mm-hmm. So I never had anyone tell me happy birthday or nothing like that. So my 16th birthday on the run wasn't really uh, spectacular or anything. But thing is, me and him had never been alone together. Because you're not supposed to as Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah. So it went from him being my boyfriend to never being alone together. Then suddenly we're on the run and technically living out of hotels. Like that quick. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that was definitely an experience. And I don't know. He he, is, he did have the, he's baptized. He and the Jehovah Witness mindset. So he did want to get married even though I'm 16 he was 18 and uh, so we decided I I mean I don't know my options were I can't be on the run for two years until I'm 18 to stay away from my mother Um, so I did agree to marry him but we had to sneak back into Ohio so I could pick up my birth certificate and ID to get married and um, he uh so we actually, his parents, Jehovah Witness parents, which are doubt, devout Jehovah Witnesses, hid me out in their home for two weeks as a runaway, risking shunning. Wow. Um, yeah, it's all kind of weird because these Jehovah's Witnesses hiding me from other Jehovah Witnesses, mm-hmm. um, but they, his parents, eventually found out that um, obviously they made the connection. Hey, she's missing, he's missing, uh, we're together, mm-hmm. and. Um, so they went. His parents went over and actually met my mother for the first time, and she had that bad of a first impression on them that they were willing to risk everything too, so I wouldn't go back. And uh, they said when uh, they went over there, they were talking to her about, you know, how we're going to find them. That nobody knew where we were, and uh, they said she just acted like she she didn't care like she didn't love you at all she was just mad she wasn't worried you kind of mad that you embarrassed her not worried that are you safe or you know and probably mad
1: too that you weren't there to
0: help with the babies I'm sure yeah my my sister was still there she me and her uh, being the only two girls too Mm -hmm. we took care of a lot of things cleaning taking care of the babies um so, and also, I guess when they were there, they said that um, my brother that was almost two, he was, uh, it was it was wintertime, he was laying on a concrete floor just in a diaper. And she said, uh, she asked, his mother asked my mom, aren't you going to cover him up? She's like, he's fine she was shocked that you'd let a baby lay on a cold floor, you know. So that was their impression of meeting my mother for the first time. So, yeah, they were willing to hide me out in their home. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't like it. I'm sure they were scared of consequences, but that's... They wanted to help. That's how bad my mother's first impression is, probably on most people, but (laughs) that's what they did. So... I end up being able to get married. Actually, I was married almost a little over two months after running away. So I was just 16 years old and a wife <laughs> and pregnant. <laughs>
1: wow, really?
0: Yeah. All within the span
1: of two months?
0: Just over two months, okay. yeah. So.
1: And were you living with him and his parents at this time?
0: We had... Uh, after I came back into town and got my ID and all that stuff, we kind of ran off again okay. and got married. And because I was, well, once I found out I was pregnant, I didn't need permission for marriage. Okay. Because we were staying out in South Carolina and Georgia. Mm-hmm. But we were consistently staying at usually the same hotel in South Carolina. And there was like, there's uh, this, the manager there was like a Southern woman. She was like in her fifties. And at some point I trusted her enough to, cause she kind of suspected I was a runaway. At some point I trusted her enough to tell her the truth. And which was really cool. Cause I kind of like, I'm on the run from my mother, but mm-hmm. for these few weeks in South Carolina, I, I had a mother kind of right. for the first time. So that was cool. And um, she, because um, then I found out I was pregnant, and she, she's the one that said, you know, if you go over to Georgia, you don't need your parents' permission if if you're pregnant. So, yeah. That's so how the plan to get married happened was <laughs> this southern woman so much didn't want me to go back home. She'd rather see me married as a teenager than go back home. So yeah, it's weird because I I had his mom. I had this stranger practically I met that became like my mom, and they're both, you know, helping me not go back to my real mom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, I had my, my first kid at sixteen.
1: And was that in Georgia?
0: No, we uh, actually. Oh yeah, we came back to Ohio okay. after, you know. I felt I was legally married and couldn't be arrested Mm -hmm. for runaway. But I was only back a few days and was arrested. (laughs) I was arrested at 16 for runaway because the courts had to determine if I was legally married. Okay. And so we went into a court hearing. I only had to um, stay in custody overnight, and then there was the court hearing. And um, so... You know, I had the whole get up on. I had the shackles on my feet and cuffs, cuffed in the front just for running away. So I was brought through the courthouse like that. So, um, we pass a bench where my parents were sitting for the hearing and my mother just looks at me really cold and my dad was actually chuckling. He Thought it, the whole chain system was funny. Like I haven't hadn't set eyes on them in like over two months, and that's what I get. You know, they yeah. finally see their daughter. She's you're safe. She's safe and sound, and that's what I get. And I'm just like, wow. And I guess I mean I it might be a pregnant teenager, but I mean I didn't have any options. But I'm right. I'm glad I'm away from them, and so. The court staff was really awesome. They um, asked me to write out reasons I shouldn't go back home and all that. And well, I had a whole long list. And uh, luckily, you know, I'm an accelerated writer, reader. I uh, had no problem doing that. And uh, the judge uh, emancipated me. He said my marriage was legal and i was emancipated by the state of ohio at age 16. and then they ordered for me i could go pick up my stuff my clothing and stuff at my mother's so my new husband drove me there and well the first thing my mom does is you know make fun of because i gained a few pounds well I'm pregnant. Um, so that's the first thing she does, not hug, not I miss you, not any of that. So I go to get my stuff, and I really try not to have any conversation with her at that point. And she, she really was just kind of standing there. She didn't really try to say much to me either. And then I was about ready to get back in the car, Oh, my husband stayed in the car and I went in by myself and I got ready to get in the car and she started screaming from the doorway. Finally, she wants to engage in something and she started screaming, I love you, I love you, I love you over and over like a crazy woman. She's like, is that what you wanted? That's what, yeah. And... My husband had never seen that, that part of her. He was in shock, especially because it's a devout Jehovah Witness woman, and he's a baptized Jehovah Witness. Mm -hmm. Couldn't believe, because, you know, he had been over to the house, you know, before. Right. And uh, never was she like that. So my mother was mocking me because I wanted to be loved by my mother. And that, that happened to my sister before, too. Like we were watching a TV show, and my sister's like, why can't our family be like that one or something? And my mom started being, it. She was like, "Oh, is that what you want? And, it's like, we got mocked for wanting to be loved, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, it wasn't surprising to me, you know, that she had to do all that. A little surprising that she did it in front of another Jehovah Witness though, mm-hmm. but yeah. because
1: she tried to keep a lot of it under wraps, do you think? Like do you think in front of um like when you were so with the congregation, is it kind of like a community that you guys that like everybody would meet up type of thing?
0: Well, I mean you go you go to the kingdom hall three days a week. Okay. So when And then most of your activities outside of that, you know, like My brother used to, like, rent uh, high school gyms, and then you'd have Jehovah Witness basketball night. So do you think in front Mm -hmm. of
1: other people your mom kind of tried to put on a front like she was this great mother? Or do you think she was pretty much always the same way?
0: I think she was so mentally unstable that she couldn't consistently act. Like she's expected to act. Okay. Like uh, we had this one brother over, uh, brother as in Jehovah Witness brother Mm -hmm. over, and he was about 18 years old, and he got the shock of his life to see what she, what she was like. Um, she was actually uh, breastfeeding at the time. She, uh, she pulled it out and started squirting him with her breast milk. Your mom was squirting the, the boy? He, well, he was like 18 years old. Started squirting another Jehovah Witness with her breast milk in our house, like so. She didn't have, she yeah. couldn't think, like you know, this is wrong. She just right did, did it. things in the, and you know, you're exposing your breast to a baptized Jehovah Witness and,
1: and squirting him with your breast milk. Yeah,
0: and he he didn't even, um, I don't think he reported her, but I'm sure he told others in the congregation, hey. You know, there's something something wrong with her, mm-hmm. and um, and you think
1: that the Jehovah Witnesses cover up a lot of stuff. Would you say?
0: Well, I mean, with my family, they right. did. I mean that,
1: or just like brushed
0: it under the rug. Well, actually, um, we had. Oh, it was my thirteen-year-old brother. Did go to the elders at our third congregation about the abuse and um, he was 13 I don't know if there was two or three elders Um, he wanted to talk to the elders about being abused at home but the elders let my mother sit in on it so my brother's then forced to tell about the abuse right in front of his abuser and so I wasn't in that that meeting, but when my brother came out, he was not happy because he said he felt like they were laughing at him because our mother was already bigger than—I mean, he was already bigger than our mother because he was a pretty tall boy. So he's 13, talking about years of child abuse, and he felt they were laughing him off because our mother's like five one and you know a smaller woman, and thing is right then they didn't question the baptized adult brother that was in the house they didn't question any of us other children about any abuse they just dropped it so we were on the way home that night from the kingdom hall and i thought my brother was gonna get it because he just spilled it all I and mean, he's brave. He did it right in front of her cuz they didn't give him another choice. But um my mom wasn't mad. She like glowed all the way home. She was in a great mood when we got home. Cuz the elders didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. She knew they blew him off right there. She was in the room with them. So, she was actually in a great mood. So when we thought, "Uh-oh, what did he do?" Mm -hmm. and so yeah he did actually try to help us going to the elders so they did they brushed off the relationship I had with that grown man there and then they brushed off my brother same congregation elders too brushed off my brother when he said child abuse but there was a I mean they knew because at one time I I came into the Kingdom Hall, I was was probably 14, my face was all red, and these two brothers there come up and they're like, what happened to you or what's wrong with you? I said, well, just like a half hour before we left our house, my mom just went to town on my face, slapping and slapping, and they saw my face was still red. And they didn't even act surprised, like, yeah, yeah. you're two grown men standing here asking me why my face is red. And then um there's a couple, there were a couple, like, elderly brothers there. They used to low-key check on us, you know, like. So, they. I mean, they knew the abuse was happening. They would be like, oh, how are you guys? Oh, how's your mother treating you? And one time, uh, one of them told my brother, um, well we know we know your mom has temper tantrums temper tant that's what they call child abuse temper tantrums <laughs> so I mean they knew yeah. they knew about the abuse, but usually when a congregation a majority of the congregation even too many people know about something that person will get shunned and she never did no she didn't um So, yeah, my brother was upset that he thought the men were laughing at him because, oh, yeah, how's this little woman going to abuse you? Mm -hmm. But none of us ever hit her back. You know, my sister tried to hit her back once, and my mom tried to break her fingers. We didn't hit her back. She hit my oldest brother till he was a grown man. He was, like, 20, I think, the last time he got punched in the face. So, I mean, we... Don't... We never hit her back. We just... Took it. I mean, we figured we'd be the one in trouble, too, the way she operated things, you know. But... So, yeah. That was my my closest in age sibling. That was um, my brother. He, uh... So, yeah, he's the one that reported that. And then he... When he was uh, 17, he actually... He did... He did have a suicide attempt when he was 17, and I don't know, the congregation just let him slip through the cracks, and he uh, made it through that attempt with no permanent damage. And I guess he, he took a bunch of pills or something, and instead well, he didn't get any mental health care, and he didn't get no care from the congregation, so my mother— decided to put a life insurance policy on him. Didn't put him in counseling. So he was, he was dead by 19. So that's my, my second brother. So three weeks before I turned 21, my brother left our small town. In passing, he said something to somebody that he was done living well this is a funny guy he's a jokester he did stunt comedy like he did everything you know to make people laugh so i don't think that person thought hey this guy's serious yeah you know like he would like you know when he even when he came to my house he would like you know fall into my house like kramer on seinfeld Mm -hmm. like he did all this stunt stuff right you know so you know probably he's always wanted to make people laugh, you know. So I don't think so it wasn't even 2 hours after he said that he was pronounced dead. He um got on the highway and what appeared to be making deliberate attempts to get semis to crash into a sports car. And that caught obviously caught the attention of state troopers, police. So a high-speed police chase started and it was 120 miles an hour and he was coming up to an exit and I guess he took out he took out some rails at that exit 120 miles an hour and his when he was in a Camaro it went uh, airborne into a steel utility pole and he he died instantly, and the impact was just so severe that it unearthed the actual pole from the ground that weighed thousands of pounds. And that pole came down on his car as well. But he was dead by the time it crashed onto yeah. his car. And, um, and, Didn't have no reason to run from the police, no criminal record, no drugs, none of us ever did drugs or drank. Um, The only thing was what he said to someone two hours before that was he was 19 years old and done living. So his death was aired on world's scariest police chases for entertainment purposes. Cause they kind of don't tell you at the end, uh, you know, like the person the background. was, yeah, yeah, the person was 19 and on a suicide mission, right? So, yeah, he, after all that, he just, I don't know, I guess he became an adult and couldn't process the past, but yeah, you know, I was never, you know, mad about him, about it, you know, it's like. I understand. I mean, i came where he, from where he did, you know. But that was um so not only did he speak out about the abuse when he was 13 to the elders, but he spoke out when he was I think it was 9 years old to the to the um our other congregation. Mm-hmm. Um cuz well, because you're a Jehovah's witness, you're generally let your guard down around other job witnesses so my mom was letting him go visit this elderly man in the congregation and uh my brother was like oh after a few times over there he's like I'm getting really irritated every time I go in the bathroom to pee the guy's in the mirror act like he's washing his hands fixing his hair and all this stuff and my brother's nine, and he's. I don't think I want to go over there anymore. It's too weird, because he's alone in this man's house. This man, he got to be at least 70. Mm-hmm. So an old man, old Jehovah Witness man, you know, my mom didn't think nothing about letting him go over there to keep the guy company. And it was a few weeks later, that man was arrested. It wasn't a Jehovah Witness child, but it was one of his family members, a little girl, for molesting her. So, yeah, my brother, he spoke out a couple times against things that were wrong, but in the end, he just couldn't couldn't go on.
1: And how was your relationship with your siblings after you had moved out and got pregnant? Did you stay in contact with them, or was it kind of
0: hard? Well, I was always uh, close to my sister, so okay. we um, we didn't have, uh, I mean, of course, I didn't see her as much, because I'd have to go over to my mom's house to do it, because she was, right. when I ran away, uh, I was almost 16, she was 19, but still living in the house, and um I didn't get to see her as much but I did actually go over there sometimes just you know to see my siblings because you know the babies were so young Mm -hmm. you know um and one time when I was over there visiting I think I had two kids by that time well I had I had two kids by the time I was 18. By the time I was 20, um, but I think that at that time I had uh, the two kids, so I was like 18 years old with two kids, and I was over there visiting, and my mom, she went into one of her little rages, she and she she raised her hand to hit me. After I've been out of the house, I'm a married woman with two kids. She raised her hand to hit me, and she she stopped. I don't know. I don't know why she stopped. She never did before. But maybe because she thought I would hit her back. Maybe it was the first time she thought I'd hit her back. So I had actually gotten a ride there because I didn't have a license for a while. I didn't even get a license until I had two kids. Um, but uh, I actually called my dad to come pick me up, take me home. I waited outside with my children. I guess I'm like, she just, she wants to hit me. I'm like, I'm leaving. So yeah, even after I ran away, became a, it's it's so in her. Yeah. To, she raised her hand, she was gonna hit me. It's like, no, you you ain't doing that. I I am leaving. i she way outside a, in the yard.
1: <laughs> did she have a relationship with your children at all?
0: Not a whole lot.
1: Like, do you think she cared that you had kids, or she just didn't have that kind of
0: motherly instinct? uh, Yeah, she wasn't that motherly. I honestly don't know why she wanted so many children. There came a point where I thought the whole thing just became a little like a fetish to her, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I could say that. Because she liked talking about her love for her brother. She didn't have to even tell the elders that. She didn't have to tell anybody that. She wanted to tell people that.
1: Yeah, like she didn't want to keep it a secret.
0: Yeah. Like she told my sister when my sister was in kindergarten. Like why? Yeah. And then after knowing that everybody's disgusted at the kingdom hall because you keep coming in pregnant. You go and want to do it even more enough to move to another congregation you know right like she knew that people thought she was just dis- what she was doing was disgusting and she still she wanted didn't to do it mm-hmm. yeah i think it just like yeah by the time i was right, by the time i was about fourth grade i knew how my dad performed in bed I knew what kind of size he was. My mother liked talking about what she did with her brother, even to children. So, I don't know. I think, initially, I think she she got with him out of, because she wanted to escape her abusive home. Then at some point, they were both really Possessive of one another, you know, they were both kind of controlling of one another. Like, if, uh, like a time they were, they were separated for a long time. Um, And, like, my dad went out with uh, other women. And my mom would find those women and say, you know what, he's, he slept with his sister for all these years. She would confess to strange women she never met to keep them away from her brother. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, my gosh. But actually, my mother, uh, they actually got, uh, well, we're going to call it divorced in mm-hmm. 1998 because they, you know, they frauded the court to get the marriage license. So they had to use, then use the court to get a fake divorce. Mm-hmm so in 1998 they used the court to get that fake divorce because of course the divorce court the court don't know it wasn't a valid marriage Mm -hmm. so they actually went through a whole divorce hearings and stuff and um so then the uh 30-year lie was over but i guess it's never over though because they don't call each other brother and sister like they still pretend they're ex-husband and ex-wife yeah but yeah my mom never married anyone I don't think she dated anyone after him
1: were they the only two siblings in there from their parents no there was 10 of them wow so she came from a big family too yeah did her siblings have any say or like have anything to say about them being together And having kids together, or you don't know? Oh,
0: I know her her one sister was very, very embarrassed. Okay. And her, uh, she she had a younger brother that was, uh, he was, yeah, he was talking a little bit. He was pretty upset.
1: And the parents, were they around? Your parents. So your grandparents.
0: My my dad's father never met him. Okay. Um. His his mother he was the first born, so he's almost ten years older mm-hmm. than my mom, but. Um, his father, was my grandma's cousin. So my dad's parents are cousins, mm-hmm. and then she kind of got, ashamed about that and she, they actually filed for a marriage certificate but my grandma couldn't get her cousin to marry her so uh, she was ended up you know as a single mother mm-hmm. in single mother in 1940 so yeah she uh, had to hurry up and find another husband a husband and so she she married a guy and 1941, and that man adopted my father, and then, I think it was 19, 1946, she divorced that man, but she had, uh, she had four kids with him, and then, seeing she was divorced again. Um, those five children, clearly, my dad, got sent to an orphanage, mm-hmm. And she just never came back for him. She just went and she got another husband. So my mom came from that. Right. That relationship. Um, But, yeah, they saw each other growing up and everything. But my dad was raised with his grandfather, and my mom was raised with their mother. Okay. So, yeah, they always knew they were siblings. But, yeah... I think a couple of the siblings, uh, like, my dad hadn't talked to them in over 30 years, and that's probably why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Probably why they weren't accepting it in a way. Right. But, yeah. And we had uh, cousins at the Kingdom Hall, too. And um, they just seemed to kind of accept it. They were um my mom's cousin who had like four kids they were at the kingdom hall with us and we went over to their house they didn't you know say any i mean mm-hmm. they didn't treat us any differently cuz cuz obviously they're family they know yeah that this is brother and sister um but yeah i think my grandma was happier children were in love. She was, uh, but you know, that's, my mom comes from that. Her mother was very, very unstable. So I think, I mean, after all that my mother did, I think a lot of people would think, oh, you must hate her. It's like, no she actually was a victim she started out that way yeah i don't know how she could ever have healed from what she went through as a child and is she still around yeah i think her her big brother took advantage of her that's what i think i think my dad took a victim of abuse and used it cuz my mom said her big brother touched her since she was 9 years like 9 years old and stuff so her big brother instead of you know coming to save her getting her started in life he he made a wife out of her but she seemed to I mean it's, but she was groomed for years to be his wife you yeah. know so I, I can't hate her, even though, I mean, she caused me a lot of harm. I, I feel my brother ended his life, partly, because of the things she's done to us. But I can still, you know, see her as the victim, you know. Yeah. It's like, my dad was not a violent man to her or to us. But to me, he's the worst person in my story. You don't take, you know, a victim of child abuse. You know? So your own sister. Mm-hmm. And basically turn her into your wife. Yeah. And then let her spin out of control. And, like, he didn't say, he knew he were being abused by her. Didn't say right. nothing.
1: Well, it also he just, she- like, it doesn't break the cycle. It allows
0: that cycle to keep yeah. going down and down. And then... He knew she wasn't mentally stable. He let her join a doomsday cult. And then they watched her flip around and, you know, you know, I actually feel bad for my mom that nobody stepped in to say, hey, do you need help, you know?
1: Do you guys have a relationship today?
0: The only one that sees her is my oldest brother. Okay. The rest of us, um, she just... I don't know it's sad that's that's the way it played out but you know she's not i have children and grandchildren and she's i don't feel safe to be around
1: yeah but i think that makes sense because you know i think that you can view your mother The way that you want to and you don't have to hate her and you can see that she's a you know was a victim of abuse as well um but i also think that you're taking that step like i just mentioned to not let this be a cycle and to keep your children safe from experiencing you know the any type of abuse that you experienced
0: you know yeah i mean they have they have met her in their Mm -hmm. lives but well all my my children are all adults Uh, yeah they don't want any connection, and uh, and they know about everything. Yeah, and uh, my well, their other, their other, my children's other grandmother is still a Jehovah Witness. They, you know, they're they love that. You know, they love that grandma and they're close to her. But my mom, you know, she's basically. I Is she still a Jehovah's Witness? She's a Jehovah's Witness in good standing, and she went back to her original congregation, the wow. one who started the whole thing and approved the whole brother sister thing. Wow. Yeah, she's 74 years old and still claims to be a devout Jehovah Witness. My dad only went was in about eleven years, mm-hmm. and then it's it's just too much it's too much of a schedule for a you know, a man that's got a hard job and so many kids, and you know, you get home from work, and you got a Tuesday, Thursday, be at a Kingdom Hall. Yeah, your day off Sunday at the Kingdom Hall, knocking on doors on a Saturday. A guy that's you know got a physical job and six, seven kids, he, he could he couldn't keep up with it. You know, he doesn't talk against the religion or anything, but yeah, it's just, but yeah, all of us children left the religion i obviously was never baptized Mm -hmm. only two of us were okay my oldest brother and the one that died in the police chase he was baptized the rest of us we actually just never accepted it at all from a young age but you know i just find it that you know they were still trying as a teenager to get me baptized yeah like really weird you know it's really weird to ask me as a teenager to get baptized when you just let me be with this older man for longer you know i know you're frauds you can't be the true religion would when, when you know you're letting my family there you know so i mean they're still trying to get me baptized knowing i know they're frauds you know yeah you, why would you do that but why because once you're baptized that's how they control you yeah well if you do this you can be shunned you do this you know do you think that
1: your brother passing away do you think that had an effect on your mom at all
0: i don't know she was bragging about the ten thousand dollars she got from the wreck she had put that life insurance policy on him and. At 17. Right. I mean, I imagine, yeah. I I imagine no matter how bad or unstable you've got, I think you've got to feel something. Yeah. But in my last conversation with my brother was about three weeks before he died, and he said, Mom wants me dead. I'm like, What are you talking about? And, and I couldn't even say she don't because I knew she, she did that she put life insurance or she put life insurance on her dad and talked to us all the time about oh if your dad dies an accident I'll get double the money oh and, oh I could move to this state uh, she'd look up these fantasy houses where you know if her dad would just die already she could get this house uh, she paid on his life insurance for years after they split up but you know, he's an eighty-three-year-old man, and so she got tired of waiting, so mm-hmm. she quit paying on him. But yeah, I mean that's that's really the last conversation I had with him. Mom wants me dead. He was talking about the life insurance, and I told him, "Don't, don't give her that." You know, don't. I mean, he didn't, but he never really did appear depressed because he was so funny, right. you know. So, you know, I was almost 21 when that happened, I have no, I mean, I can't, I mean, yeah, I can look back and say, oh, I should have said this to him, I should have said that to him, I, but when somebody's such a comedian and you can't see the pain, you know, mm-hmm. you just can't see it. I realized when I, got a little older, I actually did end up like what our our parents actually taught us, though, was no drugs, no alcohol. We didn't have that in our home. Never. No drugs, no alcohol. So none of us children ever, you know, did any of that to deal with any of this. And and actually, I think I am the only one that did end up with an addiction. When you're a teenage girl in a religion, watching people, like, they're just, they're sexually repressed, they're grieving for sex, like, it's sad, I guess. And because what happened with me and the older man, and maybe because my mother was so filthy talking to me when I was so young, I just, I don't know. I, I was a virgin when I left home, married the first man I was ever with, And I ended up with a sex addiction. I guess a lot of people coming out of that cult end up repressed or probably like me, not knowing what to do about sex at all. So, yeah, it was, you're told it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. And, yeah, I don't know, but I think it was over 20 years of fighting that i didn't you know realize till like maybe even recently that i was actually that i had my mother's rage i didn't know i did like she raged at everybody because of her childhood pain and I was I was using sex to not feel my rage
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I couldn't heal I could not heal I kept making bad decisions like I didn't even know I was that furious you know and I had to feel something, something strong. And so, that's what I did. I used, I was actually, so I was married at 16. By 17, I was addicted to sex. And I was marrying, and I married a repressed Jehovah Witness guy. So, and that's rough, you know. so I had to feel something something strong I didn't want to be like my mother and hit people and punch things and you know so I replaced instead of feeling the rage I was just feeling other strong things I didn't know why I was doing it for over twenty years. And that was that was my rage. Mm-hmm. Every time I was doing something sexual that was risky, that was this or that. Uh, that was my rage. I didn't even know it. Yeah, it's only been the last, probably the last five years that I actually like who I am. My kids had to see this just ugly healing, ugly mess, ugliness when I wasn't even knowing I had to heal. I thought because, you know, well, I don't hate all Jehovah Witnesses. I don't hate my mother. Well, I'm healed. Well, yeah, I wasn't. Right. <laughs> not hating is not being healed so when I gave up like fought and gave up like being addicted to sex then I had to feel everything
1: and get through it
0: yeah I had to feel all that I had to I had to at least for a time I had to hate them for you know hate my parents hate the Jehovah Witnesses for Especially f- for my brother being gone and, and took his own life. Like that, I really hated them for that. But I, I know even if we didn't become Jehovah Witnesses, we would not have had easy life. It just complicated it because now we got this whole new set of people that expect so much from us. You know, like at home we, we can't... Uh, do anything right because our mother just out of nowhere do something violent and then we're you know at a kingdom hall where you're expected to do everything right you know and actually at least probably three of us have pretty bad OCD <laughs> to this day probably because something to do with that I guess just you can't like, uh, like we never know when our mother would, you know, like one day my sister did the laundry wrong. So my mother folded up some wire coat hangers and whipped her legs and she had welts all down her legs. And and I think she called my dad or my dad was, just happened to be coming over. She, We ran out to the road and he inspected her legs. And he said, He's like, your mother needs to be in an institution right now. And then, then he just left. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how do you do that? But um, a couple um, stories about my brother who died in the police chase. A couple things he was probably messed him up pretty bad was well when he was nine my um, my mother wanted a new house so she sent him up into the attic with matches and newspapers and I guess she he he thought she was playing a game and he liked it mom said I can go up in the attic and make fires so she sent him up there by himself to do it and um, But the reason she she picked him was because my sister was 14 and told her no. She actually asked my sister to do it. Maybe, because she thought she maybe wouldn't get hurt or something. But when my sister said no, she sent my little brother up there. And he did. He sent fires. And when the fire department came, that was in 1987, I believe, um, the fire department came. She just said her son was playing with matches in the attic, <laughs> and um, yeah, so she she basically had her nine-year-old son commit arson because she wanted a new house. Now he didn't do a very good job, I guess. Um, so kind of like the it damaged the attic a little bit, mm. but. And uh, she only got apartment for a month while the place aired out, so she didn't she didn't get the new house. She risked her nine year old life and didn't get her new house. And then um, another time, when he was I think he was almost five, she asked him to play another game. And like, she was sitting in a chair, and she told him to stand on a spot in the middle of the room. So he's thinking, oh, yeah, this mommy wants to play a game. He was just, he was the most eager to please her. Maybe that's why he couldn't live with everything in the end. But uh, so she had him get stand in the spot in the middle of the room. He's thinking it's a game. And it's like, you can't move from that spot. And then she starts screaming at him, you're, you're dumb, I wish you were never born, all this, and he's like barely five years old, he starts, he didn't know, just, he found out, to see a game game, and he's crying, and cry, and like, it's just, like, his lips are quivering, he's crying, I, I'm in the room, I, I'm not allowed to do anything, I'm, um, I'm only, uh, less than two years older than him, so I'm, probably barely seven and so when he starts crying then she starts calling him a big baby because he's crying and I think he had to stand in that spot for um, uh, only seven but <laughs> maybe an hour just hurling insults at him but he thought it was a game just like he thought the fire was a game when he was you know a few years later she'd have him do the fire thought it was a game so, yeah, he was running from some stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I did uh think after I after I left home, I did I did write the elders of some of these other things and I never got a response. But yeah, I guess right I guess now she she has the Jehovah Witnesses and I guess we're her former children. Now we have um I mean most of us are pretty good. Oh all well, there are five surviving of us, so there's two girls, three boys. Um, but my sister had to take in my youngest brother. He's He's 32 um, when he was 19 to get him away from my mother because he um, socially he doesn't interact with the world and um, so like he's, she's had him since he was 19 so he's um, never had a driver's license, he's never kissed a girl, he's, he can't go into the world kind of like yeah. He's like, he's a shut in. So, but like, when he was born, she was like, my sister was like 17. So, I mean, he's always kind of been a replacement mother for him. But yeah, he just, I mean, he doesn't seem depressed or anything, but I mean, nobody knows he exists, you know? Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he said it got like he only trusts like his nieces and nephews, his siblings and, be, and beyond that he, just, he like nobody knows he exists because nobody sees him. So yeah, me and my sister, we look out for our baby brother. We know he's, we're never going to change him, but he seems happy with, you know, what our relationship we have. But I guess I I feel that, you know, it's just time to let all this out because it's been so many years I'm just keeping secrets for people who I owe nothing to
1: and it's your life you know so if it's something that you feel inclined to share I think that it's important that you do and I think too you know everybody's story is different and everybody's experience is different but I feel like the more that it's spoken about The more it breaks certain stigmas and certain ways that people think about things. Because I think that, like we were saying before we started filming, I feel like there's a lot of things that people don't know about. Like people might not know a lot about Jehovah Witnesses or like, you know, or that kind of thing. Or people might assume that because your parents are brother and sister that you would be one way when you're really fine and you're
0: great I and know, you're, that's, you know that's that's the I, question we get most is oh what's wrong with you guys right you no know, we're all average or even higher I'd say my baby brothers are higher intelligence than most yeah we didn't have any learning disorders besides you know the, the cross eyes and the baby with the dead kidney or like we didn't have a lot of physical mm-hmm issues
1: right and that's why I think it's you know another important part about it is like I said kind of breaking that stigma of people being because if that was out of your control you know what I mean like yeah. people being judgmental towards you like what could you have done to to prevent that you couldn't have you weren't even born yet yeah so I, I think that that's important and I'm, I'm so grateful that you wanted to come on and share your story I think that it takes a lot of strength and courage to do that um and and to be willing to put yourself in a vulnerable position of talking in front of a camera and sharing your story to a bunch of random people. But you did such a great job really. Yeah, like
0: like where I come from, what the things I watched in my childhood. I'm just, I'm of course everybody should be sensitive to child abuse, but me, I'm super sensitive to certain things. And like now I, I keep seeing all the stories in the news of the Jehovah Witnesses and child abuse and probably if not for that, if they would have just stopped doing that and changed things, I wouldn't even tell my story, yeah. you know. I mean, but I just can't I can't stand there's this is still it happening still on, to children right. and
1: just And you have a voice. It's sad to watch story, that, so. you
0: know, since i was a little girl yes yeah, so it hasn't it hasn't changed mm-hmm. you know so, yeah yeah i i probably wouldn't tell my story to anybody if the organization would have stepped up to protect children and here we are 2023 they have not made any changes so right. well that that's takes... why i had have to i have to be here yeah, even though exactly. it's uncomfortable
1: yeah and I, and I think it's great cuz you you're becoming that voice for yourself and for other children and I and other people in general so I think that that's so important and so special and mm-hmm. something that you should be so proud of yourself for cuz that takes a lot mm-hmm. to do and it, it is it's a scary thing especially when it's something you've never done before mm-hmm. so
0: I know that uh yeah you know, some people will probably be mad that I'm here but um at least I mean my my children my sisters my best friend it's like I was it's funny because I, I, I joke with my sister like she's three she's three people in one she's my best friend she's my sister and she's my first cousin. Mm-hmm. That's funny. <laughs> it's like I got three people yeah. in one. She's yeah. Just one super person to mm-hmm. me. Well, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, she's she's fifty and I'm forty six and yeah we 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 still have sleepovers mm-hmm. and yeah we
1: very close. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you did a great job and thank you again so much for wanting to come on here and share your story. It means so much to me. Seriously, you Mm -hmm. did great.